0: Before we begin today's show, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Posh Virtual Receptionists and Axiom. Welcome to the Modern Law Library. I'm the ABA Journal's Lee Rawls, and today I'm joined by my colleagues at the Journal for our annual holiday pop culture picks episode, uh, you've gotten to hear from a variety of us over the years. Today, I am joined by Stephanie Ward, who you may know as the host of our Asked and Answered podcast, Blair Chavis, who is an assistant managing editor, and Julianne Hill, who is new to the journal and is one of our reporters. You also will be hearing her in 2023 as she records some of these episodes for us. I'm going to go around the room just so people know a little bit about us when they're hearing our recommendations. Uh, let's start with Stephanie. Stephanie, like I said, many of our listeners may know you from Ask and Answer, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your interests?
1: Oh, sure. So I have been writing about lawyers in the profession since 1993. It's the only thing I have done as a journalist, and I love it. Um, For the most part, I cover legal education, but I also like to write about scams. I tend to be a very nosy person in work and (laughs) um, in my private life. And I live in Chicago with my husband and our two teenage boys.
0: All right. And Blair, can you introduce yourself to the audience?
2: Hello, everyone. I've been working with The Journal over three for over three years, and right now I edit our National Pulse section, as well as a few columns and uh, news stories for the web, as well as features. I also edit our Your Voice column, which is a contributed column where lawyers can write in about their own experiences. Uh, Before working for the journal, I really have worked across the news spectrum, whether it's arts and entertainment, general news, healthcare, I've kind of done a little bit of everything. And uh, I started as a reporter, as often people do before editing, and then found my way into editing here. Aside from news interests, I also am an avid cook and baker at home, and I live in Chicago with my partner downtown. And
0: Julianne, please introduce yourself.
3: Sure. I'm a legal affairs writer at the ABA Journal, and I've been here since very late October. I'm not really new to the pages of the journal, though. I freelanced features for the magazine and website since 2016, I believe. Um, My reporting often focuses on health and mental health. That includes a piece I did for the journal a while back about how New Hampshire was placing people with mental illness who hadn't committed crimes into the state prison um, and it's really not a great place to be receiving mental health services, and that led to the governor finding $30 million to build a new state-secure psychiatric hospital. So I'm really proud of that, and I'm really proud that that work came out of ABA Journal. I live in Chicago. I've worked in television and in radio before, and very happy to be joining the team here. Well, the reason we like to
0: do this episode is, I don't know about the rest of you, but I take the majority of my time off around the holidays and and try and catch up on things that I've let slip by the wayside. And a lot of that is my leisure reading or, you know, watching movies, you know, having, having this vacation downtime. And I, I want recommendations. So that's why we do this each year. This is a books podcast. So I'm going to start with... Uh, the series that we've been reading or books that really meant something to us in 2022. These don't have to have been actually published in 2022. In fact, I don't know that any of the books I'm about to recommend are, but listeners who tuned in in August have already heard about the first six months of my reading, so this will be short. I've been on a real murder mystery kick, not quite sure why, but I can definitely recommend The Flavia DeLuce Mysteries by Alan Bradley. The first book is called The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie and this is a 11 or 12 year old genius child. She loves chemistry and solving crime and she lives with her family in this rotting old manor house. for like right post-World War II. And I have just found this series very engaging. I've been listening to it on audio. And, you know, so that's one that right off the bat, I can can really recommend. Um, But I'm going to go around the room and I'll start with Stephanie again. Stephanie, have you read anything in 2022 that you'd recommend to listeners?
1: Yes, I say that tentatively because (laughs) it's a book I think I wouldn't like But I actually spent one Saturday reading it, and it's Where the Crawdad Sings by Delia Owens. It was a popular book, and it is about a girl who basically raises herself in the marshes of North Carolina. She has a very hard life. Not really believable, but I mean, what can I say? I just really enjoyed it. Delia Owens, I believe, has a background in nature. And science. I think maybe her descriptions made the book enjoyable. I can't say why I loved it, but I did.
0: A lot of people found it very engaging. I did read it, I believe, for the uh, Harper Lee Prize. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we read that was one of the submissions. So, so what I did have you read think? it. Um, <laughs> okay. like you. No, <laughs> what it is is that it was so engaging. And then I, I reach the end and I'm like, I enjoyed that two hours. I never have to come back and reread. And I'm a real rereader of books that I really enjoyed. But it is it is a great way to while away, you know, three or four hours. So yeah, no, it's I, I don't disagree. Blair, have you read it or, or Julie?
3: I have not. I've picked it up and I may have purchased it at one point. It's probably sitting on my bookshelf at home, but I have not actually read it.
0: Oh, my to to be read pile. The only reason it's not high is that they're all ebooks and so they're just a long list on my Kindle. Otherwise they'd be completely taking over my
2: <laughs> I have not read it, but I might be mistaken about this. I believe they also made a movie from it. Yes. They did. Yeah. Yeah, that's a new movie.
0: Mm -hmm. It is. So I have not seen the movie, though, so I can't comment on that. But Blair, uh, any books to recommend?
2: I have been slogging through a couple books just for a long time. I, I feel like with so much writing and editing and reading that we do for our job, I haven't taken a ton of time for personal reading lately. But something I picked up recently that I haven't fully sunk my teeth into is The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, It's not quite a it's not a novel in the traditional sense. It's really for word nerds Um, and it's actually hit the New York Times bestseller list and takes a look at the language of emotion and etymologies and just understanding and expanding the language of emotion. And it's by John Koenig. Um, I think it's a really cool book. If you're a word nerd and like looking at dictionaries and things of that sort, you might find this interesting.
0: (laughs) Well, I think there are a lot of lawyers who are going to be able to identify with you both on the, you know, you read so much for your job, it's, it's difficult to carve out time uh, to do it for pleasure. And, oh, I know we have so many word nerds in our audience. Uh, so could, what's the name of it again? Can you say the title one
2: more time? It's The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. All right. And uh, Julie, do you have a book to recommend?
3: I do. For some reason this past year, I've been um, drawn to family dramas. I'm not sure what that means. But um, I also, as probably indicated before, I really like to hold a book. I think that's a factor of just looking at a screen so much and reading so much off a screen that I really enjoy the piece of paper and, and the physical of an actual book. But I, I, probably my favorite book of the year is called A Place for Us by Fatima Farin Mirza. And it's about an Indian American Muslim family. And the opening scene is the eldest daughter's wedding in their California hometown. And the bad seed brother shows up after being missing for several years. And the story's told from each family member's perspective. And it really speaks to that the uh, truism that people can come from the same family and have wildly different experiences and really see the world differently and see the same events just so differently and colored by their own personal experiences, um, I found it really moving, and i couldn't put it down. I love that
0: you know Julie you're mentioning the physical pleasures of holding a book and and while I do you know I love that sensation. In the past several years, I've found myself doing a lot more listening to audiobooks rather than, you know, e-readers or even physical copies of books. So I just did want to mention uh, that Audible has now been releasing new recordings of Terry Pratchett's books. Now, he's a fantasy writer from the UK, and um, he, he's passed on, but he he wrote some 40 books Uh, And they're known as the Discworld series. And if there are any Discworld fans out there, I can say I've really enjoyed the new recordings. And I've been listening today to his christmas theme book called The Hogfather and just really enjoying it. So if there are any other audiobook lovers out there, I think that uh, the production of those books in particular has been really great. Um, Anyone else like audiobooks or particularly enjoyed an audiobook they listened to?
2: I really like audiobooks. I think I used to listen to them more when I was when I had long commutes, but I feel like it's a, just a really different experience. I think listening takes special attention. Uh, I find myself more engaged when listening to podcasts or audiobooks than I am with television. Actually,
0: yeah, I do find that if I am not, say, driving and able to really concentrate on. You know, a mystery. I may sort of space out and be like, "Wait, what just happened?" and have to have to you know go back in time and try and figure out who is this character. Which obviously is much easier to do if you uh, are reading a book and you can just flip back a couple pages. So we are going to take a quick break to hear a word from one of our sponsors. But when we come back, we're going to be discussing more of our pop culture picks, including podcasts, TV shows, or movies that we've watched. As a lawyer, ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call when you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting. That's where Posh comes in. We're live virtual receptionists who answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. And the Posh app lets you control when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Start your free trial today at Posh.com. You're no stranger to compromise, you're a lawyer. But getting the legal team you need is a compromise you shouldn't have to make. Like when you have to invest in hiring a full-time generalist lawyer when you need a highly specialized IP counsel. Or when you don't want to bring in your external law firm with their partner-level price tag. Axiom can help you match the right legal resource to the right matter at the right cost for the right duration. No legal leader should compromise their high standards and with Axiom, you don't have to. Learn more at axiomlaw.com slash ABA. Welcome back to this episode of the Modern Law Library. I am here with Stephanie Ward, Blair Chavis, and Julianne Hill, and we're talking about what we've read, watched, listened to, enjoyed this past year that we think you may want to uh, check out yourself in 2023 or over this holiday season. So let's talk podcasts, and I'm going to go first to Julianne, and here's why.
3: Podcasts aren't as much your jam, are they, Julian? They are not. I am a visual person, and like others, when I had a commute, I would listen to them, but they were mostly the news podcasts, so it wasn't super creative. I live with someone who loves a podcast, and his are very sports-oriented, but uh, they're, they are not my jam. Talk to me about documentaries when you're ready for that.
0: Oh, I will. But Blair, what have you been listening to when it comes to podcasts and enjoying?
2: You know, funny enough, I often don't listen to podcasts, but I have recently started one that I think has just been extremely captivating. I know there's a lot that's been written about Anderson Cooper's podcast, All There Is, and he talks about recently losing his mother and kind of delving through her house and her relics. And he comes from, you know, a fascinating family and you learn more about him and just a lot of loss that he experienced throughout his life. I recently had a death in the family, and so I just found it really interesting to kind of hear someone, else, someone else's perspective on that. And also, I think that he's an interesting character because he's a news person, too. So I think that's partly what drew me in.
0: And Julianne, you mentioned sports podcasts. Long-time listeners uh, of this podcast may know that I am a big hockey fan. So when it comes to sports podcasts, I would like to shout out the Steve Dangle Podcast Show and an affiliated podcast called Agent Provocateur, which gives a really fascinating uh, behind-the-scenes look at what it is to be a sports agent, specifically in hockey. But he also, I believe the the co-host may represent athletes in other sports as well. But finding out the weird behind-the-scenes things that happen in sports, that to me is as interesting as you know, talking about someone's stats on the ice. So I really enjoy the Agent Provocateur podcast and the Steve Dangle podcast. So thought I'd mention those. Stephanie, what do you listen to when it comes to podcasts?
1: Well, so I'm probably the opposite of the other guests to the other than you, perhaps. I listen to at least one podcast today. And I'm going to start with one that is right in time for the holidays. It's called It's a Wonderful Lie. It is an audio Chuck podcast, and it features actors reading just really crazy Christmas letters, the form Christmas letters that some people sent out. And I'm laughing now thinking about some of the stories. Um, But I discovered that last year, and I'm really hoping they come back for 2022 because it's very entertaining. And they say, I think, well, a lot of us think when we're reading our form Christmas letters. The other one that I am a big fan of is called The Devil's Music, and that is by Pleasant Gaben. Uh, she's a basically a Hollywood icon. She was one of the first L.A. punks, and she's also an actor and a writer. So she has a lot of great storytelling about L.A. in the 80s and 90s, and she also really... I think sometimes, just in the music industry, women are treated as second-class citizens, and she really is a strong person, and the show absolutely celebrates women. Um, so, I, I love that. I wish she had more episodes. And the last one is, um, I discovered Queen of the Con. It's an iHeart show, and the host was swindled by a woman who claimed to be an Irish heiress, but I I think she was from Florida or something <laughs> like that, and she took him for six figures. <gasps> They met because they both lived in the same Los Angeles apartment complex, but I I love a good scam story. And this is definitely one of them.
0: And actually this year, Stephanie, didn't we release a feature that you wrote about these online romance scams?
1: Oh, yeah. This wasn't about romance. They were platonic friends. She did have men she scammed, but the host is gay and Lit with his husband, and they both got scammed by her. But yes, we had a story about online romance scams, and then we have another story coming out about uh, PPP loan scams. So stay tuned, or keep your eyes open, I guess. Well,
0: that gentleman is a better friend than I am. I have never given a single friend six figures. So sorry to all my friends out there listening. <laughs>
1: If you're tempted, call me and I'll talk you out of it.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. I also started listening to a podcast put out by Defector Media. It's called Normal Gossip. And the host is Kelsey McKinney. And Stephanie, I think this may be up your alley. What happens is people write in, call in, submit a story that happened in real life. The details will be adjusted slightly. And then the host basically tells the story to her guests and they comment on it. So, for example, you know, someone wrote in about how their dad got really into orchids and met a weird orchid expert who turned out not to be an orchid expert. Anyway, it's it feels so similar to sitting with a group of friends and listening avidly to them telling a story or <laughs> gossip about someone you don't know, but the, the story so fascinating.
1: You know what's crazy, Lee, is there's a similar podcast I listen to like that called The Juice, and it's hosted by Solomon Giorgio, who's an up-and-coming comedian. The only difference is that it's him and a guest who's also usually a comedian. Oh, So I'm totally going to check that out. You might want to check out uh, Solomon's podcast, The Juice. I absolutely will. It's from Team Coco. Okay.
0: Well, uh, we are going to take another quick break, but when we come back, we are going to hear, especially from Julianne, about all the documentaries that you should try and check out. In
1: a world that's constantly changing, the law and how it's practiced must also evolve to keep up with those changes. The ABA Journal's Asked and Answered podcast dives into the compelling stories surrounding lawyers' personal and professional lives. I'm your host, Stephanie Francis Ward, and each month I bring on a new guest to explore their involvement with our dynamic legal ecosystem. For the stories that bring the law to life, follow the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network.
0: aba journal legal rebels podcast features the men and women in the legal profession who aren't satisfied with good enough these are the people who are changing the way law is practiced and setting the standards that will define the profession in the future each episode we share their story to hear insights from those with an eye fixed towards tomorrow follow the legal rebels podcast part of the legal talk network Welcome back to this episode of the Modern Law Library. I'm your host, Lee Rawls, here with Julianne Hill, Stephanie Ward, and Blair Chavis. And we have reached the movies and TV portion. And I do want to start with Julianne. Julianne, you love a documentary. What were some of the things that came out this year or that you watched this year that just really grabbed you?
3: Well, documentaries can be very dark, but this year I went for the feel-good ones. So I loved Summer of Soul directed by Questlove. This is the film that won the Oscar, but the out- announcement was overshadowed by Will Smith's slap. So this poor little film <laughs> didn't get the attention at the Oscar that it really truly deserves. It's such a really beautifully crafted film like a good documentary, like any good book, will take you someplace you didn't know existed and you are there in that moment. And the moment is the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival. And this was all new to me. It had really amazing footage that had never been seen before. And it had performances from Stevie Wonder, Mahalia Jackson, Sly and the Family Stone. It is not only a great film that really puts you in that moment, it has a good beat and you can dance to it. Um, I think I saw it on Hulu. And I highly recommend. I love that. Blair, have you seen any movies recently
0: that you would recommend?
2: I just recently saw uh, Glass Onion, which was the sequel to Knives Out. And I have to say, it was just such a delight. If you're looking for something that's escapist and fun, if you are a fan of Clue or mystery stories, I think that you would enjoy this. It's, I believe, going to be available on Netflix very soon, but it's also in theaters right now.
0: Yes, I cannot wait. That is definitely on my list once it's, once it's out. And Stephanie, how about you? So I also saw
1: Summer of Soul and loved it. We saw it in the theater when it opened, and that was a great experience. And, you know, I was trying to think about, well, what movies did I see this year that I liked? I couldn't think of any, but uh, Julianne jogged my memory. Another really good one was the documentary about Alvin Ailey, or Ailey rather. He had a dance company. And that started, I think it was on PBS, but we also saw that one in a theater and it was really good.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. I did share some movie recommendations in my summer rec, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you all for uh, some
3: more. Julie, anything else that you would recommend? Yes, there is what I think our listeners might be interested in. It's called Punch Nine for Harold. It's about the unlikely rise of Harold Washington, our Chicago's first black mayor. It was a dirty campaign, and there are great interviews uh, with a lot of real Chicago characters of the day, Richard Mell, Jesse Jackson, David Axelrod. You know, Harold was this larger-than-life, charismatic, well-spoken figure that everybody wanted to call by his first name as if you knew him. And you see the fallout from his election and all the racial divisions that became just inflamed. And... What happened after his death and the lasting influence he's had on Chicago politics and politics around the nation? It premiered at the Chicago Film Festival last month. I think I saw it on PBS. It may be returning back there but keep an eye out i know it's been in theaters around the country in la and other places and it has got a lot of attention i when i saw it i thought wow this is great who's going to watch it outside of chicago apparently a whole lot of people so it's worth your time get to know harold get to know chicago and our profound influence on politics
0: oh i love that i will definitely be checking it out my father used to talk about harold washington and you know uh, how sad it was that you know he he died had an un- untimely death, I would say, died, died fairly young, and what he might have accomplished had he been able to, you know, live live longer. So I, I want to watch this now. Blair, do you have any other movies that you would recommend?
2: I guess also on the topic of documentaries, I enjoyed The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes, which is on Netflix. This was, as it, expl- as it describes, uh, Unheard Tapes and interviews with her, And I found it fascinating and also just very sad. Um, I haven't watched the fictionalized movie about her, Blonde, on Netflix. Um, I believe that one's on Netflix. But if you want something that you know you're at least getting probably truer information about her, I think this was an interesting portrait of her.
0: Well, in addition to documentaries, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Christmas movies. And I did watch a brand new Christmas movie, From Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds that's on Apple Plus called Spirited. And it essentially, it's it's a musical, um, even though none of the, you know, actors and actresses in it, I think, are particularly known for their musical talents. And it essentially takes place in a world where Charles Dickens' Christmas story happened, but continues to happen. Like every year, there's a new type of Scrooge or Grinch character who gets a second chance to remake their life, And it is not Elf and it is not child appropriate, but I I did have a very good evening watching it. And I thought that a lot of the songs were actually pretty catchy. Stephanie, what's a movie, a Christmas movie that you like to watch around this time of year?
1: I don't know if I have one. I think my favorite Christmas movie of all time is Love Actually. I saw it as a newlywed. I remember that, and I just thought it was a beautiful, romantic movie. But to be frank, I don't think I have watched it since then, because you usually don't stream it for free. You have to pay for it. (laughs) And I haven't um, haven't really been feeling that. A holiday movie I like that I've probably watched multiple times is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, a classic. Um, The John Kennedy character is From our great state of Illinois, and he, in some ways, he kind of reminds me, uh, Lee, of our uh, much missed late colleague Jim Podger.
0: Oh, uh, just a classic Chicagoan. I wish I could let my listeners hear his strong Chicago accent
1: Uh uh, because I can hear it in my ears. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is Jim. You're gonna get a (laughs) dad. But that's one that I always, I enjoy that movie and I'll watch it repeatedly.
0: Now I'm going to get to something. You know, I usually, rather than watching one movie, I tend to put on a series and just sort of let it play. Um, Sometimes I don't even reach the end of them, but I I do a lot more streaming of series. Uh, And when it comes to, you know, this season, Christmas season, a series that I really liked, it's on Netflix. It's uh, a Norwegian show, actually. It is called Home for Christmas. There are two seasons. It is about um, a Norwegian woman and her romantic misadventures. She is a nurse and she always ends up having to work on Christmas Eve and Christmas. And finally, one year she's like, that's it. I'm not doing it again. I'm getting, I'm getting a date for Christmas so that I don't have to work. That's the that's the starting premise. But it really becomes much more about her place in the family and the family members and her friend circle. So I can I can recommend that series. I also have just started Andor on many people's recommendations, and I am really enjoying what I have seen so far. Blair, have you been watching anything, a uh, TV show or series, that has really hooked you?
2: Christmas-related or just general?
0: Oh, no, just general.
2: Oh, I... Cannot stop talking about Severance on Apple TV. (laughs) It is, I wish that the first season was longer. I just couldn't stop watching. It was so fascinating. The way that it was filmed was really interesting and beautiful. And it's creepy and mysterious. And amazingly, it's directed by Ben Stiller, which you wouldn't expect. (laughs) I don't know if you want me to give a little bit of detail about it, but basically people have... in the the show, have part of their brain severed so that their life between work and personal are, are separate and they can't remember each part of their life from one to the other.
0: And I have seen some of the episodes and you're right, it's so visually striking and not in a necessarily beautiful way every time. Sometimes it's just deeply unsettling, but you're always that the visuals just always evoke some sort of emotion uh, for me. And they do a really good job of separating, you know, work self and outside work self. So, yeah, no, I I agree. Severance is a great one.
2: I also have been kind of obsessed this year with the scandal television shows like Inventing Anna and The Dropout, you know, ripped from the headlines. But I think that they were really well done.
0: Yeah, fully agreed, especially at The Dropout. Um I thought Amanda Seyfried did a wonderful job portraying Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes. That was, that was quite something.
3: Julianne, do you watch many TV series, or are you more a movie gal? I am more of a movie gal, but I confess that I was very excited to see The Crown come back.
0: <laughs> yes, I need to catch up. I am, I think, two seasons behind on The Crown, but always an interesting watch.
3: Yeah, and I also really like Hacks. I will rewatch Hacks, because... It's just really fresh and funny, and Jean Smart is just brilliant, and I'm always surprised. I'm laughing because I'm just too surprised at uh, what they're coming up with and where the scenes are going. Now, I've heard of Hacks, but I don't know what the premise is. Could you talk a little bit about that? Jean Smart is an older woman, a comedian, who I would say maybe is modeled off of Joan Rivers. And her act is getting stale. She's maybe past her prime, she fears. And Hannah Einbinder is a young writer for comedians. And uh, they meet. They're both way sassy, maybe two sides of the same coin. And, you know, hilarity ensues. They go on tour. They end up on a cruise ship. For lesbian couples, that just goes south in every incorrect way possible. <laughs> the chemistry between the two of them, it is uh, so fast and um, so furious, the dialogue, that I, I just couldn't stop watching.
2: I agree that show is also, is really fun. I, I have enjoyed it a lot.
0: Well, I'm going to put that on my two-watch two list for sure. Stephanie, what have you been watching?
1: I agree on Hacks. And, Lee, I think you would really enjoy it. The show that I really love and I've watched every season and we'll probably we watch it is Reservation Dogs on FX. <gasps> so um, good. It's beautiful. It has its beautiful storytelling. Um, It's about young adults on an Oklahoma reservation and it's by Sterling Harjo. Um, It's one that I do a lot of multitasking, but I will actually sit down and watch this as soon as I can after it posts. I think one of the things that's so important about this show is that all of the cast crew writers and producers are native American and they seem to be free to tell their stories and their voices without the network coming in and being heavy-handed and trying to shape it. I also think they have absolutely been robbed and that it's in season two is wrapped up and they still don't have an Emmy nomination, which gets me irate. So they need to get on that. It's a really beautiful show. And The other show that I enjoy, which did get some Emmys this year, well-deserved, is HBO's White Lotus. It's another one I sit down and watch as soon as it posts. All of the actors are great. I am a huge Jennifer Coolidge fan. She has great lines. And I find myself talking about the show, which is something I probably haven't done since our culture switched over to the internet so much. I find myself telling people about the show and funny lines. And uh, thirdly, a show I just discovered yesterday, actually, is Netflix's Wednesday. That's about Wednesday from the Adams Family. But it has a 2000s update and she's just she's just a total badass. And um, she's very smart. And this this it's a beautiful show to watch. And I would I would recommend it.
0: Well, I know that our reporter, Matt Reynolds, who joined us last year for Pop Culture Picks, would also um, chime in with White Lotus. He he loves that TV show. So uh, he endorses that as well.
2: I do as well. I love
0: that show. All right. Well, it seems like I have managed to add a lot to my own to-do list. Blair, one of the things you really love, like I like you mentioned in the introduction, is cooking. And I follow you on Instagram, and the meals you make, the celebrations you create with your partner, they just look so great. And I thought it would be great to, for the first time, add a recipe recommendation. Do you have a source or few favorite sources for some of the, the food recipes that you um, end up making? Anything that you would recommend to people who may want to try some new dishes this 2023?
2: One blog that I go to and have been going to for years is Smitten Kitchen. She also has several cookbooks now, but her blog is so expansive. Whether you want to make something savory or sweet, I feel like all of her desserts are tried and true, but really everything that I've made from her site is just delicious and beautiful. I'm a weird combo of a health nut and a dessert freak, so I will seek out pharo recipes and also something very sweet. And she, if you're into pharo at all, I have found a recipe of hers that has uh, tomato and basil and Parmesan, and it almost feels like you're eating pasta, it is so good. Also, I'm very late to the game, but I've become obsessed with The Great British Bake Off, and that is something I've been binging during the holiday season. But additionally, somebody actually gave me uh, a cookbook from the show, and they have a few. So if you're somebody who's into baking, I highly recommend those. A couple other dessert cookbooks that I've been delving into are Baking with Dory uh, by Dory Greenspan and also Dessert Person by Claire Safitz.
0: That's fantastic. Julie, Stephanie, do either of
3: you uh, enjoy cooking or, or have a source for some favorite recipes? I do. And I am a Smitten Kitchen fan myself. I've called it the most important website of the pandemic and <laughs> have made that exact faro recipe of which Blair spoke many, many times. And I am looking forward to her new book. Wonderful. How about you, Stephanie? I cook all the time, but for the most part,
1: I don't use recipes. I grew up around women in my family who cooked a lot and were very, very talented cooks. And the same is true for my husband and we both cook. So, yeah, I mean, I guess for baking, you have to use recipes, but I kind of have my old standbys. So, yeah, I don't really, yeah, I just I don't use recipes too much.
0: I'm more of a cook than a baker myself, and I love to look at a recipe and then when I'm actually making it, you know, it's it's kind of, I do what's in my heart. That's <laughs> so what makes it good. One clove of garlic, that's yep. not enough. You need more garlic than that. Or, you know, I may be cooking for family members who have dietary restrictions. So you figure out a, a swap. But um, yeah, so I I'm on the, I'm on board the better cook than a baker train for sure. Well, I just want to thank all of you for joining us for this episode, for giving your recommendations, and um, hopefully some of you listeners will come out of this with things to read, watch, listen to, or eat. If you have things that you would recommend, please feel free to write us at books at abajournal.com and we may be able to mention them in an upcoming episode. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe in your favorite podcast listening service.